should go for goal. We deflected Hayward here. Could be a lovely goal for Villa. Johnson, it is! Back Elsie Johnson. It could be nine. Open the body. It's in an end! Superb goal from Melissa Johnson. One steps up and finds the corner! She gets the goal! They arrived as Aztecs, an Aston Villa women podcast by underagaslitlamp.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the first ever episode of They Arrived as Aztecs, our brand new Aston Villa women podcast. I'm Regan, and I'm joined today, as always, by Mark. What's going on, guys? It's Mark Jarobi here. I'm really, really excited for this podcast. This is a wonderful thing. I, we've been kicking this idea around for a long time now, so let's get into it, man. Let's get into the Villa women here. Well, yeah, the the fresh off the back of a 3-1 win against Sheffield United women at uh, Baldmere St. Michael's in the Continental Cup, which is uh, the ladies' games version of the Carabao Cup, I guess. Um but the, the the odd thing about the Continental Cup is, um, or otherwise referred to as the Conti Cup, is that it has kind of like a group stage. Um, I think it's composed of six six teams. Um, so you know each each team will play each other, and the, I guess the the top two from the uh, the 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 group stage go through into the the knockout stages, as it were. Um, but you know the the ladies started strongly, um, but it, it was. It was a game that ended in in quite mixed feelings, as as we'll uh, go on to discuss. Yeah, I'm I'm still actually learning about how this whole Conti Cup thing goes on. Um, I, so I'm growing with it. I've only really been following Aston Villa women uh, pretty pretty hard for the past year or so. So I'm I'm learning it as the as everything goes on. But I'm I'm happy to see it. And the three one win against Sheffield United, I think that's gonna you know be something that springs them forward and actually give them a foothold to actually progress in this competition. So I I. I just like seeing it there was a lot of things that actually happened in this game so uh let's get into that well yeah um as you said the the result against uh Sheffield United women is 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 a good strong result but I saw something from the uh the Sheffield Star um I think it was a couple of hours ago and they they were saying that the there was tears from the Sheffield United women players because it was such a poor performance from them um, but the game did have a relatively stagnant opening. Uh, both sides were kind of just passing the ball around the midfield. Um, but within within the first 15 or so minutes, there'd only been one shot, and that had come from Sheffield United women. Um, our, our keeper, Daniel Kaczynska, um, saved it pretty easily. Um, and I think you know Kaczynska has, has deputised pretty well in the absence of uh, the Villa number one, Sean Rogers, who's been out for the last two games with a shoulder injury. You know She kept a clean sheet against Charlton, and, and she had a really good performance against Sheffield United women as well. Yeah, for Kosinska, that's that's not a very you know that those are big gloves to fill. Basically, like Sean Rogers is a very very good keeper, very athletic. She you know commands her defense back there really really well. So uh, for Kosinska to step in and like you said, a clean sheet against Charlton, and then this result against the uh, Sheffield United women in the Conti Cup. This is a big thing. I, you're going to need that. Like we all understand that injuries are a part of football. So for uh, for a player to walk in and kind of fill those like I said, big gloves of Sean Rogers, it's it's really promising for for uh, just there's just the depth of the squad. To know that you can have a keeper that can, you know, come in in a deputized role and and still be able to uh, to perform to the best of their ability. So I I think that's really important for the Aston Villa women. 
Yeah, and I think it's doubly important that the fact that Kaczynska, I think, signed on the first day of the season, uh, which I also believe was the the transfer deadline day for for the women's leagues. Um, you know, so she's a new face around the club. Um, I believe that she's. Uh, Polish. I don't know whether she she's a Polish player that's come across to play football, or whether she's uh, you know left Poland and her family have moved to England. But you know it's it's good um, it's a good way to guess I guess to introduce yourselves to your new teammates with uh, two two commanding performances. Yeah, and that that just solidifies the whole thing that's going on with the Aston Villa women. That these players really seem like they're together, and I'm sure that Kaczynska was told by all all the different. You know, types of players, the the veterans and even the youngsters, like, hey, we got you. Like, don't worry, we know what we'll try to take care of you. Things like that, just words of encouragement or just a nod or you know something like that. So it, it's never easy, um, especially like in a, in a backup role when there's an injury. Like that that can be a you know a little stressful to a player. But again, Kaczynska re- really did well, and um, you know, for Sean Rogers, it's almost one of those things where like if Rogers does need a little bit of extended time off with her shoulder injury, it's going to be okay because now it, it it sees at least the past two games that Kaczynska's going to be able to step in and do a part yeah completely um and after the after the slow start for, for both teams it really only took a further five or so minutes for the Aston Villa women to take the lead um captain Jade Richards who was last season's captain has kind of uh, almost deputized for uh, Alicia and Dow in these in these kind of games uh, was the highest riser uh, at the end of a corner, and she headed dominantly into the back of the net to give the home side the lead. Um, and just two minutes later, uh, Villa had doubled their lead with England youth international Emily Soyim uh, managing to find herself uh, with acres of space in the box, uh, round the keeper, and slot into the empty net for her first goal in claret and blue. Yeah, getting a quick fire double is always going to be important. It doesn't matter who you're playing or, or what competition you're playing in. It's good to see from the Villa women to actually know that United weren't having a great time out there. And it was pretty evident to me that they weren't having a great time. Um, so, you know, you get something like a quick fire double. Uh, Emily Syme, I, I really like like watching th- this collection of players play, but it's more so like how they react to certain situations. It's almost like they take the opening, uh, we'll say 10 to 15 to 20 minutes sometimes, and they diagnose, you know, how uh, other teams going to play. And instead of just being solely focused on their own game, they're also looking at the game of the opposition as well to try and break down. I mean, h- how do you feel? Do you think that's something tactically that Gemma Davies is telling their players like, Hey, you know, we don't have to like be on the front foot right out the gate. Like why not, what, you know, you can, you can diagnose a team a little bit here and then, then make your moves. Yeah, I think so. I think that there's uh, a sense of like uh, dynamism, uh, you know, in in the way that that, that Villa are playing at the moment. Then I think in every game that I've watched, there's there's no like outright direct style of play, if you know what I mean. Like it, it it it's so dynamic; it changes from game to game, and I think that's really important because. You know, if oppositions try and think, oh, you know, we need to play against, um, you know, the Villa women, and and this is the way they're going to play, and they they come out and play a completely different way to what is expected, you know, it it it's just going to put Villa on the front foot. Yeah, and it's dangerous too to be able to have a squad of players like Gemma Davies does to be able to actually, you know you can play it any different way you know they can play direct they can do short passing they can play off the flanks they can play through the middle all the different ways that a football team can play if they're very good at doing those types of things then that's going to have to just be something that that they do going forward and if they're good at it and they'll be able to play different ways that's only a positive there's nothing negative that comes out of that 
No. How do you feel about the the uh, the young talents in the squad at the moment? You know, we we already had some at the club with the likes of Asmitarale. Um but you know that Emily Soim, uh, Shania Hales, Charlotte Greengrass, Ella Franklin, uh, they, they've all come into the squad this summer and they, they've really hit the ground running, the, the vast majority of them. Yeah, and they're playing miles ahead ahead of their ages, uh, especially like Ismita Ali. I I love watching her play the game. I really really do. I think she's a talent. I hope her nothing but the best for her career. No, no matter if it's at Villa or otherwise, I think she's a really 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 good player. Uh, so for me, all all these younger players, they're just it's not that they're playing above their ability. It's just like they're playing above their age. They're mature on the ball. They're making you know smart decisions out there. They're not doing anything. It doesn't seem like they're really pressing. Now everyone's prone to a mistake, and you're gonna see that every now and again but in, in terms of Azmita Ali it just seems like it's so calm and so collected you know on her side of the pitch and I, I just hope I hope it you know continues going forward I really really do enjoy watching her yeah I I mean you know they're they're a joy to watch but I, I really do as I, I, I agree I really do agree with you that you know Ali's a joy to watch but so is Ella on the opposite flank um you know I I've seen I've seen some real you know marauding runs forward from her she's you know definitely a, a kind of a wing back style of a, a fullback yeah ella can play as well and that that's what i mean you have two young um you know fullbacks and, and they're not afraid to get forward but they're also responsible defensively so it, you know with that that they're young and they can get up and down a pitch and it's almost like they're modern day fullbacks like we, we talk about it all the time in different types of, of uh footballing diagnosis of tactics and whatnot that the modern game now requires you to have players that play a modern way and i think that those two women do that i, th- I think they can get up and down a pitch but they can be responsible as well you know overlaps and whatnot or even sometimes you even see like underlaps and you'll see you know as Ali run run a little bit into the middle of the field a little bit off her mark off the left so I, I mean it, it's only positive things for the Villa women Gemma Davies definitely has you know has a few young players now at her disposal that are able and that are very very good at what they do so they just got to keep it going forward yeah completely um but the, the Villa women went in at the break two goals to the good and uh, started the second half relatively strongly as well uh, within eight minutes they added another to their lead and it was young Ford Shania Hales who was playing alongside veteran striker Kerry Welsh, who I believe is the club captain. Um, and and Hales turned sharply within within the United box and like, placed her shot so well into the bottom corner. Um, and it's something I kind of want to touch on is is the the kind of quality and depth. Uh, the Aston Villa women, you know, with Melissa Johnson in such ex- exquisite form at the moment, you know, she's, um, I think she's about 10 goals in five games and that's three hat-tricks in five games as well. Um, but Shania Hales is, is really taking, well, making the most of the opportunities when they're, when they're awarded to her. You know, she's come off the bench twice and scored and she, she led the line really well uh, last night and, and got a goal for it. Right, and it also shows that it's just not a, a one person team basically like yeah we all know melissa johnson's in crazy form red hot form yeah and that's great and villa you know that's it's really really nice to see villa have a, the villa women have a striker such as that but with shawnee hales coming onto the pitch and like you said as a sub scoring goals you're going to need that depth that is so important it doesn't matter if it's in the conti cup if it's in the league what's going on you need those players that can come off the bench and still maintain that kind of good form especially up top in the strikers position that's where the ball usually ends up most of the time in football is in that central area in the final third of the pitch so you need players there they're going to do it and even withstanding you know with uh carrie welsh and whatnot shawnee hales just looks like a, a player she looks like a really really good player and you know it, it 
kind of I would I would assume at least that it makes Melissa Johnson feel a little bit better that all the weight of the world and all the weight of the team isn't squarely on her shoulders so it's nice to have her you know on the bench or even not involved at all just to take a day and just be able to you know know that this team's still going to be okay in the absence of her even if even if she's coming on later not coming on at all you know Shawnee Hale's again great player Carrie Welsh we know what she's capable of so it, it, it's just a great thing to see and it goes back to that whole thing about depth like Gemma Davies has a wealth of depth at her disposal and it doesn't seem like anybody that's getting put into a game or taken off of a game it doesn't seem like it's crumbling that team that's refreshing to see and that's something that's going to prove to be vital for Villa going forward I completely agree and uh the 66th minute uh brought something that I'd been waiting for I know you've been waiting for and a lot of fans have been waiting for that's the return of starlet Jodie Hutton from injury um we'd spoken to her recently in an article about how the injury has been affecting her so it's 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 really good to see her back on the pitch um, you know, she missed the first couple of months of the season through this injury that she picked up in in preseason. Like, how, how excited are you to see back on the pitch, Mark? Oh, you know, I love Jody Hutton. I, I just love the way she plays. I, I like the intensity she brings to the game. Yeah, I, I I think she's a talent, and I think it's one of those youngsters that Villa have that they're going to be here for the very very long haul. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I just think that she brings a little bit of a different dynamic to the team. And it's not a knock on anybody else. It really isn't. I, it's just for me, like, it's just my favorite player for the Villa women. And that's just me. It's not, it's not a bias there or anything like that. I just, a, a big, big fan of Jody. It actually had a little, very, very tiny uh, interaction with her on Twitter about, you know, uh, there was a, a, a small little girl that, that got a, her hands on a Hutton jersey. And uh, her father let me know that on Twitter. And I was like, man, I, I'd love to have that jersey, but I don't think that one's fit me but um yeah it's good to see Jody back and it's it's going I think it's going to be one of those uh that it's it's kind of incremental you know what I mean I don't think that it's just thrown right back in the side it's going to have to you know be minutes here and there I you know I've talked about it a couple times on Twitter but yeah it's it's great for the club and it's it's great for Jody and I'm, I'm sure that it wasn't a nice time being out and seeing the success that the Villa women have so to have that mental toughness I mean it's I I can definitely tell that it's it's something important to her and she wants to get back out there so she'll get her chances I think she's just gonna have to practice a little bit of patience until she she's going you know back into the back into the squad on a full-time basis well that's something i wanted i wanted to touch on a little bit um is, is whether she'll struggle for game time initially do you think you know we've had some strong showings from sophie haywood and emma follis this season that have uh been been on the wings and uh do, do you know do you think it's the case that jody's going to be you know making appearances from the bench for the foreseeable future until she makes an impact or you know will will she be afforded the, the chance of a full 90 minutes I think that it's going to be tough for her to get back in the squad, especially. I mean, I I really do like Sophie Haywood and Emma Fallis is a absolutely insane talent. Love watching her play play as well for the Villa women. So that's what that's what I mean when I think it's going to be incremental. I think it comes off the bench. It's almost like she's going to have to fight back to get her spot back. But knowing you know just the little bit that I know about Jody Hutton as a person and people I've talked to that have been around her that's going to be a big thing for her and that's going to be something that she's not going to shy away from. So. competition for places is vitally important but when you have a player such as Jody Hutton that now has this injury and it it was a long long way back for at least in terms of her I I believe she said it was the longest she's ever been out with an injury since she's been playing football so this is almost like one of those things where it really shows how badly you want to get into a team by getting your place back Um, again hey wouldn't follow us are very very good players we've seen what they've been capable of so I think Jody's going to have to be put on as a substitute role 
for a little while. I don't want to say, say for the long haul, but I think she'll get there, and I think she's she's really going to come in and solidify her spot at some point in the season. But that's not a knock on Haywood or Fallis whatsoever. Yeah, completely. Um, you know, her, her time on the pitch didn't necessarily start the best way because after four minutes since post arrival, I guess um, the blades managed to drag themselves towards a potential way back into the game as Pennock pounced on a loose ball following a save from Daniela Kasinska. Um, and you know, for the last, I guess, fifteen. Plus, plus added time, which was seven minutes. Um, Villa were on the back foot a little bit. Uh, Sheffield United were trying to get something from this game. You know, there was only a two-goal deficit at this point, uh, and the game ended up ending in a in a, in a pretty weird way. Uh, the seven minutes of added time, you know, were closing out. And there was a last-minute penalty um, as Captain Jade Richards was sent off for denying a clear goal-scoring opportunity, or at least was adjudicated to have done so. Um, I believe she she picked the ball up or you know handled the ball um, as as someone was about to shoot or stopped. I, I'm not I'm not entirely sure what happened. Um, but Daniela Kaczynska, you know, we've mentioned her earlier in the podcast, she saved from the spot to keep the score at 3-1. And, you know, it just rounded off another impressive performance. Yeah, the Villa, Villa women are rolling. And it is it's it is what it is. You just got to keep up the good feelings and, you know, keep up that positive mentality. You know, with, with Kaczynska saving a penalty, don't act like that's just a blasé thing. I think that's a massive thing. That's going to give her confidence. That's going to, you know, give the rest of her teammates confidence in her. Like, hey, yeah, you know, it's 3-1. You know, we, for whatever reason, give up a penalty at the end of a game. But, you know, this, this keeper's still on their game. They're still concentrating, you know, still make sure that, you know, we're keeping the, the, you know, keep, do the best thing you can do in defense. And that's to keep the ball out of the back of the net. So for Kasinska to do that, not only a probably massive for her confidence, but definitely, you know, massive for the confidence in the other players in her squad and her. So again, like the Villa women are just rolling. They got, they got to keep it up here. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, they're doing well in the league. This game's big for the Conti Cup, but um, yeah, I, I just I just think it, it's the good times are still going to roll on here for for a little while, and it, it all comes down to just their will and determination. And right now, they definitely don't have a lack of that. For sure, um, but it's it's not just good times on the pitch. You know, there's good times off the pitch as well. Um, earlier, well, I think during the men's international break, um, the first ever official partner. Of, in the history of Aston Villa women, uh, Guard Industry were announced. You know, they're they're a company that create unique formulations for cleaning and protection that have been used across the world in stadiums, airports, and even the Vatican. I think. Um, but it's great to see a local business to be part of the continued investment and development within the women's game, and specifically our club. Um, I think the sponsor looks great on the shirt, and hopefully the club will sell them with player names. You know, it's an added revenue stream. And, you know, it's not currently available at the moment. And we've discussed this before. Like, I really want a Aston Villa women football shirt. Yeah, I I do too. And it's it's almost to the point where, like, I, I'm going to start, like, telling the club on social media every other day that it's it's time to get these shirts out there in one way or another. Um, uh, first off, on the sponsor, great thing. First ever sponsor, like you said, in Aston Villa women history. Um, it, it's it just looks so good on the kit too. Like I'm a little bit, I guess I, 
when it comes to sponsors, some just don't look right to me. This one looks right. It, it looks like it fits. It doesn't, it's not too big. It's not, it doesn't seem like it's like really cluttering the shirt up a little bit. So for me with guard industry and, and the new partner and whatnot, I think that's great. And that need, that probably needed to happen a lot sooner than it did, but you know, finally getting there and getting a sponsor, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, the girls are happy with it. You know, again, more income of money for the team and all that kind of thing. It matters, you know, with Christian Perslow, especially saying that he, he wants to put an emphasis on the women's team, just like with the men's team. Well, now we're starting to see that obviously now he brought the player, you know, brought players in. Now we have a, a shirt sponsor for the first time in history. It's a great thing. But for me, I need, I need to be able to purchase Aston Villa women merchandise. Um, even if it's a little bit more expensive than you would think, I'm okay with that. And again, you know, the revenue stream that can come from that's massive. Uh, I, I've spoken about it on our other podcast for the men when we have covered the women. That like you have these these young impressionable women and boys that are going in going to watch you know the Aston Villa women team. They should be able to walk away with something from that if they get that into it. You know, you're you're watching these players do their thing and. You know, we can all be honest about it. The Aston Villa women aren't a boring team to watch. They're a very exciting team to watch, which is going to rub off on these players. And they're going to look at their parents or they're going to rub off on these children rather. And these children are going to look at their parents and be like, well, why, why can't I have an Emma Fallis shirt? And that's heartbreaking because as a parent, you're not going to be able to say anything like, oh, well, you know, we'll have to go to the club shop and get you a men's one. Like, no, it should be the same exact one that the women wear. You should be able to get any woman you want printed on the shirt. And hopefully the club, you know, start to see that the, the, the Villa women are starting to become really, really popular. I'm seeing it on social media. I'm, I'm seeing it with, with especially with our content that we put out for the Villa women. It's starting to become a lot more popular, a lot more shared. So I'm hoping the club starts to realize this kind of thing and realize like, hey, there's an opportunity here, not only for just the revenue just the money part but the sense of community you know you have the shirt sponsor now that's part of the community so let's start like paying the community back just in terms of being able to get merchandising i don't mean to rant about it regan but you know how badly i want a jody hutton shirt <laughs> yeah i know i know um but let, let's look towards the next game and that's next sunday against uh third place durham at balmer st michael's um, you know it's going to be a big game, and if Villa can if Villa can win that game, then you know that we are on track for promotion this season. Yeah, th- there's no understating. I think how big this game is. Um, you know, in Durham, you know they're they're a solid team too. It's not you know Aston Villa women aren't you know at least so far in this early season they still have a lot to play for. You know, even with the amount of wins they picked up, the kind of goals they're scoring, they still have some really really good competition in in the league. So I think picking up a win against Durham is going to be massive for them if they can do it. But I don't think it draws the end of the world either. How, how do you feel about it? Do you think do you think this is a must win or like one of those kind of like early six pointers to knock Durham down a little bit down the table? Like I would rather see us beat Durham and lose against someone like Charlton or Crystal Palace. You know that, that that's not putting those teams down, but you know they're struggling at the moment. I'd much rather see us beat Durham and lose against a poorer side because it's it's going to put us further away from our like main competition. And you know we've played Sheffield United women who are in second at the moment twice this season and beat them both times. But we've played Durham in the Conti Cup and we lost. So this, for me, this is up at this point probably the most important game of 2019. I think so too. Um, like just looking at the table and looking at Durham's results, looking at the Aston Villa women's results, all that kind of stuff. For me, I just think, like again, I think it's kind of one of those early season six pointers that if you can create 
any type of a gap between you and the the quote unquote top players of of your league, you have to do that. You and you have to take that opportunity as as hard as you can. Like honestly, like you have to take the bull by the horns and really, really do it. So um, again, like I don't think a draw would be the worst thing in the world, but I think a win's pretty important here. But I I don't think it'd be it, it would feel great to those players in the event that they lost against Durham. I just don't think that's that's how it. They, they would want this to go and then have to like scramble for points at the end of the season. So, you know, you get it out of the way now. I, I'd be okay with, with a, even a two nil win. It doesn't have to be a great egregious win. I, I don't need, you know, a Melissa Johnson hat trick again, although I would welcome it with open arms, but just to create a little bit of a gap between you and Durham in this er, earlier season encounter, I think that's got to happen for the, for the Aston Villa women. Yeah, for sure. And I think that is where we end this week's podcast, the first podcast um, in in this series. And, you know, I, I think... I think it's gone well. I think, you know, we've had a lot to talk about and I can't wait to do the next one, if I'm honest. Oh, yeah, I'm right there with you. And like I said, I, I've been, you know, watching this team pretty closely, especially, you know, being able to talk to you and other people on my socials about how to get a little bit more involved. And again, I'm, you know, I'm over in the States. So for me, um, it, it's a little bit harder, but, you know, through the advent of different players and talking to people and other people keep me in the loop about what may be going on that I might not know about. Really excited for the future of this podcast, man. I, I just hope the women just keep up the good times and it's re- it's really nice to see. Yeah, um, keep your eyes out for our exclusive interview with Gemma Davies that may be out before this podcast is. If it's not, it will be out shortly afterwards. Uh, you can follow us on all our socials, Twitter at Villa Lamp, Facebook forward slash under a gaslit lamp, uh, Instagram at under a gaslit lamp. And yeah, if you've enjoyed this, you can view our women's content, our men's content on www.underagaslitlamp.com. Thanks for listening, guys. And up the Villa ladies.